0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So in today's episode, I chat with Lisa Flanagan. So Lisa Flanagan is an online coach, but she's also a secondary school teacher. So she qualified as a secondary school teacher and a personal trainer at the same time and is literally doing so she works full time as a secondary school teacher and then is an online personal trainer on the side. So she is one busy lady so we chat anyway plenty about teaching at first and how teaching really contributes and crosses over to being a good coach and uh, we talk a lot about kind of fitness nutrition and health for teenagers and how like that really needs to be prioritized to teach young girls and boys how to have a healthy body image and and also healthy habits a lot of teenagers are now are training in the gym and how to teach them to train safely and to train sensibly rather than um, just by what they're seeing on the internet. And then we talk a little bit about fitness in general, her own philosophies to fitness and she started up CrossFit. So we talk a little bit about CrossFit and um, we then dive into the topic of nutrition and talk a lot about kind of, you know, picking um, good quality foods over um, kind of, you know, quantities of food and how some foods are going to really help with, your fat loss and um, compared to others. We talk a little bit then about her experience of unhealthy bi- um, binge eating habits. And then also w- that leads into that conversation about um, a, f- a photo shoot experience that she did. So she worked with a coach to get as lean as possible to do a photo shoot. And most people that I talk to only talk about the negatives. And so she talks about the cons of this, but she also talks about the pros and what she like, you know, what self-awareness and confidence that she got from that. And, you know, the kind of satisfaction of setting a goal and actually achieving it. So she talks a little bit about, and I think she's very diplomatic in what she discusses in relation to this experience. So whether you're pro for or against photo shoots or bodybuilding of any type, there's something in it for for either side um, to listen to anyway. And then we talk a little bit about, you know, growing up in the world of social media and just as a young girl kind of dealing with body image issues and um, kind of then I <laughs> discuss you know, the difference between kind of what it was like for me growing up as it is for her, um, her as a younger girl. And um, I just think she's got such a mature and sensible outlook on fitness and nutrition for uh, for a 24 year old woman. And I think, you know, she's an absolute inspiration. And um, I think there's so much to take from this episode. And um, so I hope you enjoy and I'll chat to you all soon. Lisa, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good, thank you so much for coming on to chat today.
1: No problem, thank you very much for having me.
0: So anyway, before we get into everything, tell everyone who you are, what you do, and a little bit of kind of background info on you.
1: Okay, so my name is Lisa Flanagan. I'm a home economics and biology teacher, and then I do like online coaching on the side. So I started off, um, like I really liked home economics and biology and like PE, and I was really sporty as a child. And they're my favorite subjects in school. So I ended up putting on my CAO as like the dream job. And then when I actually got it, I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted it. So I was very like iffy throughout the course. And there was so many different times I wanted to drop out. And I was like, no, my mom especially was such a good support. And like she like convinced me to like stay with it. And I am glad I did now. And I feel like it is that thing of like, what's very won't pass you. Um, Now it did take a lot of work, but I got there. Um, and then kind of halfway like through the course just before Covid I planned on doing a PT course and I was going to miss a day or two of college to do it it was like 18 weeks and it was Mondays and Tuesdays um, but in the end Covid ended up hitting and I got to do most of it online and then we did like eight weeks in person um, so now I'm kind of trying to juggle the two I have like clients and I do that part-time and then I'm working full-time in a school as well. So uh, you're a busy woman busy <laughs> and um so like are you how long are you out of college from teaching um I finished in 2022 so I'm two year. I'm on my second year of teaching now with COVID I had a contract as well the year before so I've this is kind of my third year but officially my like second year out so you've literally like dove into
0: both of them at the same time yeah um, yeah well, that's amazing yeah. And did you always want to do both at the same time? Like what, you know, most people would be like, oh, I'll go into college and I'll just, you know, I'll get started. I'll qualify as a teacher, see how I, as I go. Like, have you, like, in your mind, are you like, is there a reason for doing both?
1: Not really. So like, I always kind of thought like the traditional path of like college, like that was kind of just what was the norm. Um, I never even thought of doing a PT course and actually working in a gym, but like I've always had such a big interest in sport but then as a teenager kind of like with body image and just different I don't know like insecurities I was always I like oh maybe I couldn't do like sports or I wanted to do like pee and biology teaching and I was like no I would never get the points for that even though the course I actually did was higher but it was again just the dream job so I was like I'll just put it down I'll never get it um so then I kind of did the PT course uh, to learn how to do like, I should have really just got a PT and in-person PT to learn the different exercises. Whereas I kind of did it to learn for myself and then ended up teaching it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And it's funny because I actually did my, um, I did a nutrition course before I did a PT course and like that, I did it. During the first lockdown, more just because I was getting into fitness myself, and I was like, I want to like, I want to know what way I really should be eating, you know, to fuel my training, mm-hmm. but also what's healthy, what's not healthy, you know. Like I was like, I'm sick of all the over information on the internet so it was actually for my own personal reasons originally that I I signed up for that course and then very quickly when I got into it I was like oh wow no I really want to coach this and yeah, then that's PT,
1: you know it is I think it's like you're a teacher you were a teacher as well like yeah. you? I think it is that thing of like once you know this information you want to share it with other people
0: yeah exactly and I think like you are getting the best foundation as a coach with being a teacher because if you can teach like reluctant teenagers or for, in my case reluctant kids and preteens, um, if you can teach them and keep them engaged in a topic that they don't they're not particularly interested in, and um, but they have to do because they're kids, then coaching adults like it's going to transfer so well.
1: Yeah, I do. I do think it is a huge benefit because I do find the coaching more rewarding at times than teaching. But again, it's because someone is choosing to come to you. They are open to communicating with you, whereas sometimes like a student isn't going to come to you if they have an issue or they don't understand something. They don't mind being passers by like in the class, whereas at least with your coaching 99% of the time, people will communicate with you if they have an issue or like you just I find it easier to help people.
0: Yeah, and it but and it's having the struggle of being a teacher gives you that like those skills that you need, um, that like, you know, that you just don't get anywhere else that, except for in the classroom. And with that amount, dealing with that amount of people at the same time, I think as well, um, like like to me, since leaving teaching, well, since leaving teaching, since taking a break from teaching, um, you know, nothing has been as hard as that.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. it is a different level of like trying to motivate. Now it's still rewarding at the end of the day but just that it is that little bit more challenging sometimes.
0: Yeah, no and it's definitely especially if you know if you're working with a kid or a group of kids and you make progress on something that like you know was really hard or you know like you know that were they might have been a difficult bunch at first but you finally get through to them you end up you know really bonding with them you end up getting a breakthrough on a topic with them or whatever like it's so it
1: is so rewarding but do you find teaching kind of Yes I do get very drained by the end of the day I have my like my social battery is zero and I never really knew that that would happen like with college it was very different but and like on placement is so different as well like we had three weeks and four week blocks and then our last one in fifth year was a 10 week block but you were kind of looking at it as four weeks and once then four weeks are over that's it done whereas now it's kind of like it's your full-time job so you just have to recharge and be ready for the next
0: day. Yeah, that was one thing that really surprised me when I got out of college was that was that exhaustion that like I was like oh my god no one told me it was it was like this. I remember like I was 21 when I started teaching and coming out and I remember like literally by October I was sick. Uh, but I like so like so sick I thought I was dying. Yeah. I wasn't like I was being dramatic but exactly. you know <laughs> um but I was I ended up having to call in sick from work I was that and like and go and get antibiotics I was sick and I was like Literally dragging myself around. I was like, you're 21 years old. You're not supposed to feel like this. It, but then I always find that really interesting to ask teachers that because, you know, from working with so many teachers over the years as well, there's some and my mom was a teacher. There's some teachers that just really make it look easy. And I like I believe that they're very much meant to be a teacher. Definitely. And um, then there's the likes of me. And I'm like, and I, I taught for 15 years and, you know, I enjoyed it. But it exhausted me. Like I literally like would do wouldn't would be fit for nothing after school, really. And then had to raise my kids as well, so that was pretty, yeah.
1: Well, that's me. I honestly don't know how teachers come home to children in the evening and having all that extra stuff. Like I need not a nap. I try not to nap, but I could nap every day after when I come home.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's mad. Like when when I was like as obviously I'm pri- I was primary school teaching when I first um when I, when my, my kids were small, I like, I only taught like fifth class, a third class up to sixth class, like um older kids, because I couldn't, the thoughts of being in a classroom with really small kids and having really small kids at home, I just couldn't. Whereas now I think if I was to go back into a classroom, I'd like to work with smaller kids, because I know like my older two are like 13 and 10. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I think I'd I'd prefer to be with the smallies now. You know, it's funny how it's
1: a balance definitely of having like not coming home to smaller kids if you're teaching smaller kids and vice versa. I'd say it'd be hard to come home to teenagers teaching teenagers as well.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, God, I would say so. Yeah, like I'd say like when when you're not working, you must be like, oh, not another teenager. If you see them, you're like, oh, teenagers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And would you ever want to coach teenagers? Um, I have coached them with JA and things like that and done a little bit of nutrition with them, but even I find in the home ec room, like with home economics, you are teaching them nutrition, so it does link up and like even I had at a parent teacher meeting last year, a second year's student's mother come in and she was like you don't realize the impact you've had on my daughter's diet like she's always asking me to make this high fiber bread and I was like what like when did I teach you this but like it is part of our nutrition talking about fiber and like your different micronutrients and all that and she was actively going home being like mom can we have this instead and like I would have never known by her at all and I still have her now in third year and um it is amazing to know that they are coming home with some of the information and teaching their parents as well that's just so fantastic that they have
0: that role model because not every teenager has that. Like, I think, and like, you know, that's in home economics, is it? Like, yeah. I have a 13 year old son, he's not doing home economics. And like, I just wish that teenagers, I wish there was like a literally a course, like a nutrition class that they had to do, like that, you know, nutrition, yeah. Yeah. healthy lifestyle, especially because. From working in the gym and from, you know, being in the gym and seeing a lot of teenagers training in the gym, there's a and I know there's be a lot of listeners now who have teenage kids as well. And um, the teenagers are like, it's like teenagers love to be in the gym now, which is amazing, which wasn't the case when I was a teenager, like, you know, we wouldn't have been seen dead in the gym, like, I I see a lot of teenagers that do not know how to lift. I see a lot of teenagers that are necking cans of monster, like one after the other, and taking
1: pre-workout, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. some substance. Even them. like fueling themselves, like you see an awful lot of kids. It's kind of the balance of some of them aren't eating enough, others are eating too much, like poor quality food, and like it's not benefiting them either. And then it is that like poor form, and you just be afraid they get injuries and stuff as well in the gym.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a class in secondary school where it was, like, where you're taught how to lift, where you're taught how to, you know, how to fuel your body for exercise, whether it's for sport, whether it's just for the gym in general or just for general health, and to teach them just the balanced lifestyle and especially teenage boys as well, then, when it comes to, like, you know, steroids and, you know, th- this needing to be big. um, I just think it would be such a beneficial thing to, for them to have – even if it was kind of outsourced, but just you know, if it was done across the board, it would just be amazing.
1: Definitely, I know leaving cert P has an element of that now, but again, like not everyone knows about it, and not everyone's going to choose it either, unless you really, really have an interest in P. Do you not have to do P for the leaving cert anymore? You there's a bit of well being P, but like there's an actual um, P like co- course now that you do your, like a sub, as a subject. And that has all the lifting and things like that. Like they do loads of different activities. And I think they do like a team, like a project at the end as well. Oh. Um, but they do have compulsory PE as well. But I think that's more like fun or. That's just like sports. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that was a leaving cert subject. I can tell you now it's my my story now. will
1: definitely be doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely beneficial. And I feel like more and more people will do it, but it's just not really known there's not enough known about it just yet yeah yeah um
0: right let's move away from the teenagers and talk a little bit about fitness okay so what is so obviously when we're talking fitness fitness it's such a broad topic you know and everyone has different kind of styles focuses and kind of philosophies I suppose so what what, what is fitness to you and what, what what way does that kind of show up in your life
1: So I will say, like, years ago, fitness for me would have been kind of being as small as I could be or, like, trying to lose weight or, yes, being fast enough, like, playing GA and things like that. But at the same time, it was always about, like, how I looked. Whereas I will say, like, my whole philosophy on it has changed where now it's more like the mental side of it, being able to go into the gym, having that, like, me time and, like, that rush of endorphins after Like, you never come out feeling, like, you always come out feeling much better. Um, I also think, like, for me, I a lot of it like could have been it's like I feel like now it should add to your life versus like I used to be very strict on like I have to be in the gym so many times a week. I have to eat this, this and this. I'm very rigid with this, whereas now I'm like, no, like it's supposed to be a bonus in your life and like make your life better as opposed to be your life.
0: <laughs> yeah. So how often would you go to the gym every week?
1: Um, probably four to five times. Well, over the summer it was five times, but I had more time. like put being on holidays and things like that. Whereas now with work and stuff, like I would aim for four, if not five, but just spending less time in there. Like I used to do like four days a week, um, a few years ago, but it'd be like nearly two hours in the gym. It was crazy really. Whereas now I'd stick to like 45 minutes to an hour and do it four to five times a week.
0: And what would your training look like? Do you split it up into like upper, lower or do you do full body workouts or, you know, do you train for strength or hypertrophy?
1: Um, hypertro- hypertrophy, really. And it was kind of like broken up into like glutes, quads, shoulders, back. Um, I'm trying to think of the fifth one. Um, and then like an upper body day in general. Yeah. Um, now I actually started CrossFit only on Monday just there. So I'm kind of tempted to change things up a bit. Like I'm kind of, I've been in such a strict routine for so long that I'm like, no, I want to try something different. So I'm kind of challenging myself with CrossFit, but it's crazy how much of a beginner you feel when you go back to something new and you're so used to your old way of doing things. Tell me about CrossFit. How how are you finding it? So, so far, like I've literally just done three classes, Monday, Tuesday, and this morning I went as well. So I went Monday evening, Tuesday evening, and then this morning um but it was so different like the first evening i had to do 75 burpees and like i can do burpees yeah but like i have never done 75 in a row in a long long time and you had to like jump over the barbell and then each every minute on the minute you had to do 10 deadlifts um and i think it was like 35 kg i ended up doing it at but like you do really go back into like lower weights but then like my cardio like my cardiovascular fitness it wouldn't be bad but like it definitely can do with improvement in crossfit anyway <laughs>
0: Yeah no I cuz I used to do crossfit and um I did it for a few years and like that I was like the fittest that I ever was um I'm not not doing it anymore just I feel like my old body's not able for it anymore but um like I miss that fitness that, but then like you're saying that like that workout I'm like, and I would have done workouts like that all the time. And right yeah. now I'm like, oh my God, I could think of
1: nothing. It, more there's else. a different, it's more mentally challenging. And then like, I am really competitive. So when I see someone beside me and I know they're going to get like eight minutes and I'm like, I need to get that as well, even though I'm only after starting. So I'm like, you do need to pace yourself in like yesterday we had to do, it was like a team one. So me and my friend, yet to do like 3,600 meters on the bike then 1,800 metres on the roar and 1,800 metres on the skier. And, like, I we got there, but, like, it was tough. But it's cool when you're working as a team. Like, did you say that
0: was, like, a team workout? Yeah,
1: yeah. it was, like, then the next part of it had, like, sandbags and stuff. And, like, I had to finish my round before Rachel could go on to hers. And then she, I had to go again and we had to do 10 rounds between us. So, like, you really had to rely on each other as well, which was good. Yeah. Do no, you
0: know what? I... Like it's funny because people are always really afraid of CrossFit. Like they, you know, they think it's, it's so high intensity and like, Oh, I'm not fit enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm, um, I'm too much of a beginner. Like I couldn't, like, I was pretty much like I I used to go to the gym years ago. And then like I had my kids or whatever. And I, I, you know, ended up just doing homework. So getting back into the gym, I got straight back to CrossFit, like, sorry, back to CrossFit. Like I started with CrossFit. It was my not going back to it. And um, but I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I, it was just, there was a local gym there and the way it worked, it like, um, and I went and I loved it because I, what I loved was that I discovered things, that, that I could do things that I didn't know I could do. And what I loved about the gym, which I had never experienced in the gym before that, was like, there's no mirrors. You're not comparing yourself to anyone. Like, you leave your ego at the door. Everyone's a sweaty mess. You know what I mean? There's like... Arms and legs everywhere, you know, like no one looks attractive
1: doing anything and, crawling. and even like the little gaps you use in the gym, like our class was full yesterday. This morning it wasn't, but yesterday it was. And like trying to even just find a gap to do a burpee, like, and then jumping up onto like a, to hit a pull-up thing. Like it was, a we were scaling the back a bit, but like it was mad just trying to fit everyone in. Whereas like in the gym, now you would have cues and all that, but it's very, very different.
0: Yeah, no, it's, and it's really, for me, it was really refreshing to, I'm really empowering to be able to, to go to the gym and focus on what I could do and not what I looked like. And that, that yeah. was huge. So if there's anyone who's actually looking to kind of get in, get into going to the gym again, like if you, there's a local CrossFit gym, don't be afraid but Go try out a class. There's like, cause it is scalable for everyone. You know, there's people of Definitely. all shapes and sizes, all ages. My dad is doing like the over sixties class there as well. Oh, like, amazing. and, um, I even have a kids class. Yeah, yeah, no. I used to teach the kids class there. Like, yeah, 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 so yeah. I qualified as a as a CrossFit kids trainer, and then I did the CrossFit Level One coaching as well. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't done CrossFit in a couple of years now, um, and it's funny. I miss it sometimes. I do. I miss it. Mm-hmm but I don't know if I have the mental capacity at the minute for the challenge of it. You know what I mean? I just, yeah. um, I feel like I would talk myself out of going more, more often than not, but it's funny. I'm in the same position as you at the minute now that with my own training, I just feel like I'm in a bit of a slump with it. Like I'm a bit, you know, like that I was kind of, I was doing five days a week at like shoulders, quads, you know, like doing all bodybuilder style, basically. Um, um, I'm just bored with it. Like, like I went in to do my workout the other day and, you know, I didn't even break a sweat, you know, didn't get my heart rate open anyway. My shoulders were a little tired after, but I was like, this, that's not a workout to me. It's, it's like, I need my workouts to give me energy.
1: And yeah. I didn't feel yeah.
0: any more energized by it. So I've decided I'm starting fresh. I'm going three full body workouts. So not crossfit style necessarily, but I'll, I am going to train for strength a bit more. So I'm going to put like, I'm going to put a deadlift back into my training a back squat, you know, like, so do my five sets of five or whatever strength at the start. And then I'm going to put supersets or tri sets in place then for the accessory
1: work and just. I actually did similar a while ago, maybe six months ago. I had a same structure for ages and then I did the same. I have more supersets and stuff. So it was more intense, like intensity as in you get a bit of a sweat whereas before that it was all like just a set take a rest take a set take a rest so it is nice to switch it up definitely yeah and for anyone
0: listening who kind of doesn't know what we're talking about in relation to supersets and trisets, it um if you you know the way if you go into a gym and you're on machines and you know you might be doing 10 reps of an exercise and then you're resting for until you can go again and the rest is so that you can rest your muscles but with a superset what you're doing is you're putting two exercises back to back so you might do like uh chest press and then a bent over row or something together so you're um so that you're saving time just to give people a little bit of a in case they don't know what we're
1: talking about definitely um so do you think you're gonna stick at the crossfit um i'm definitely gonna give it the week it's a trial week where i'm going and then i'm thinking of doing a month and seeing how it go because it's kind of that beginner's mindset again of trying to go in and like get used to something and get out of your comfort zone like i'm so in my comfort zone like when some of my clients were talking about like gym anxiety and stuff. Yes, I would have it the odd time, but like you do get comfortable the more times you go, the more comfortable you get. So I'm like, the CrossFit is a little bit out of my comfort zone. So it's good to challenge yourself sometimes.
0: I guarantee next time I'm talking to you, you'll be still doing it because it's addictive.
1: <laughs> Seems to be already. They're like, oh, three out of three days. And I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely doing the five out of five days unless something huge comes up. Yeah, unless you're just
0: too sore from one of the workouts. <laughs> So, yeah, the only bad thing about crossfit is the cost really isn't it that's the only thing yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway gym gym anxiety let's talk a little bit about this so do you, first of all your clients what age group do you tend to work with
1: um anywhere from like 20 to 50 something
0: 55 oh, okay. amazing so you have yeah. you work and do you just work with women
1: mainly i've had four or five lads in the last year but not mainly girls amazing
0: So talk to me about what your clients experience in relation to gym anxiety.
1: A lot of the time, even like my sister, she'll hate me for saying this, but like she would have be just, you think, overthink it nearly. It's like, oh, I'll go tomorrow. I don't have time today or, you know, just thinking, overthinking it nearly. And then eventually, once you actually step inside it, you realize it's not that bad. Put in your AirPods and off you go. But it is that process of actually getting to the gym, first of all and then having a plan so like my big thing is making sure that they know they have a plan and like my clients know exactly what they need to do like the video tutorials um and at least they can go in have a plan and do their best and I suppose just show up as much as you can and then usually it does ease
0: yeah no I think that I think if you're nervous going into the gym the first thing to do is yeah like work with a coach like yourself or myself and that is going to give you a plan that's suitable for you that's doable for you that you feel confident with and then knowing when you walk in where exactly you're going so like i would always like recommend that my clients do the same work like warm up all the time so it's like yeah. always going over to the astro area or the stretching area or wherever it is and doing the same routine or going straight to the treadmill and getting on the treadmill yeah, five always, minutes the treadmill and look around yeah exactly and you know the treadmill like you know people will criticize and be like you know oh what's warming up in a treadmill gonna do i'm like it gives you your bearings okay it's five minutes it gets the body moving gets your mind adjusted to the fact that you're in the gym you can look around yeah. figure out where you're going next look at your a little plan um and you're getting your heart rate up and you're warming up a little bit at the same time
1: definitely it, it makes a huge difference when yeah even just knowing where that first machine is by looking when you're on the treadmill makes such a difference
0: how often would you make your not make your clients but how often would you
1: recommend your clients train in the gym um three times a week is the average i'd say yeah so usually if two even two full body if that that's what you can do so i always say like whatever time you have and whatever you can be consistent with because a lot of them straight away is like oh i'll train five or six days a week and i'm like how many days were you training and they might might not have been going at all and i'm like you can't go from no days straight into five days it's just not going to be feasible so i kind of ease them in at two to three and then if they want push to push onto a fourth which many of them have after maybe 12 16 weeks then we can put on in another one if they have the time.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a common misconception with people as well is they think that they need to be going to the gym more to be seeing more success. Um, and yeah. especially, you know, if if it's someone who is looking to get a little bit more toned, lose a bit of body fat and just in general get a bit fitter, that yeah. going to the gym two to, th- two to four times a week, like so yeah. on average, like you said, on average three is enough and... I like. I think there's a real misconception as well that people need like they think they need to go to the gym to lose weight.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on that?
1: Definitely, I find some clients will check in and they haven't been in the gym all week, but then it's kind of an excuse to use as I didn't keep up my nutrition, I didn't get my steps, all of that, where they kind of think it's the gym that's the first thing, and if that goes, it's kind of that all or nothing. It's like okay, I didn't, I can't make the gym this week, so I'll I'll control nothing. But I'm always like the gym is just an, a bonus. Like if you can control your nutrition and just enjoy your food, yes, but like stick to your nutrition goals and then get your steps in, you can still lose weight. It's not a case of having to go to the gym.
0: Yeah, the gym is the cherry on top. Like, And what I'd say to my clients is that the gym is very much where you're going to get stronger. It's where you're going to build your self-confidence in you know it's where you where you go to build your discipline and learning how to show up for yourself and push a little harder you know and in general where you're building a little bit of muscle where you're increasing your bone density uh, that's what you're going to the gym for you're not going to the gym to burn calories to lose weight that's not what the gym is for you want like you want to increase your calorie output get walking
1: I do ever find clients as well, they're very focused on the watch and press and start on a weight session. And I'm always like, that's not going to be accurate. Like it's going to tell you, yeah, whatever, but you're, it's not like, um, measuring like the muscle load or anything like that. It's literally just your heart rate. And even a few clients have said to me about like their heart rate, not going up enough. And I'm like, that's not an indicator maybe going up and then it comes down very quickly. I'm like, that's not an indicator of a good workout when it comes to like resistance training or weight training.
0: No, definitely not. And what people don't understand as well is that if you put in a good resistance training workout, you're actually burning calories for hours after your session. Yeah. Is which is not the case if you just get on the treadmill for 20 minutes.
1: No, you burn the calories there and then. Yeah. But like afterwards, you're not getting much benefit from it.
0: Yeah. And as you continue to resistance train, you're going to end up burning more calories at rest. Your body will need to burn more calories, to keep you alive because you have more muscle on your body. And when we say more muscle, we're not talking bulky. Women would have to take steroids to end up bulky. Um, And that we're talking like more muscle is going to make you look smaller, look more toned, as a lot of people will phrase it as. But what I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you're actually going to be able to eat more and maintain your body weight or eat more and lose body weight
1: Definitely. And even that protein requirements due to like when you're training and then you're using your protein for recovery, it's that thing of that. It has the higher thermic effect um, than carbohydrates and fats. So like that you will burn more calories, even trying to digest the protein as opposed to your carbohydrates and fats.
0: Yeah, that's an, and that's actually a really interesting point because it's not one that people, a lot of people really understand that there's certain foods that your body has to use more energy to break down. Protein being one of them, or like, you know, the way, like there's some vegetables and people like, you know, I I don't get my clients to track their non-starchy vegetables. and like bulk up, eat as much of them. But like what people don't realize, like celery, for example, celery is so low in calories. That it takes your body more calories to actually break it down right. and what's actually in the food. So it's nearly, it's a negative food. Now, I don't want yeah. everyone going chomping on like sticks of celery, nonsense. Yeah. Like, I'll lose weight by just eating celery. But, you know, it's like this is where it very much comes up, comes down to quality of food, really,
1: doesn't it? definitely and even like that whole balanced approach i know i had a client before and they were saying they had no energy and it was actually that they're eating so much high protein foods that they weren't getting enough carbohydrates and fats and I i was actually looking it up and it was saying just to see like what the negative effects are there and it was just saying that like if you're eating that much protein because it has that higher thermic effect you're not getting much energy from it
0: Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. Just making a little note there. Cause I want to talk about this. It's funny. I had this issue with a client before as well. Um, and you know, I, I think that we can, we get so fixated on protein, especially, you know, if we're, we're resistance training and you know, you've got protein targets. It's like, Oh, I have to hit 140 grams of protein every day. And yeah. That can come at the cost of your carbohydrates. And then the problem with that is your carbohydrates are needed for energy. So if you're training in the gym or and you're getting your walks in and then you're looking after your kids or whatever you're doing, you need energy from your carbohydrates. And not only are you not getting energy from protein because of, you know, your body is using energy to break down the protein, you're getting less energy because you're eating less carbohydrates to eat more protein if you're sticking with your calories. So it's really important to to kind of make sure and a lot of people will fear carbohydrates in that way so it's not that everyone needs to get crazy obsessed with protein carbohydrates fats like balancing like I'll always say to clients stay within your calories try hit your protein as much as you can and let the carbs and fats um, balance naturally you're not going to overeat your carbs or your fats if you're within your calorie allowance
1: definitely yeah because even I had a client before who was so fixated on you know like keto they would have done keto in the past so fixated on having like low carbohydrates that their fat content was through the roof like in comparison to their carbs I think they had like 100 grams of carbohydrates and like 100 and something of fat which as long as you're in your calories you're okay but like it is that thing of like you do need carbohydrates for energy
0: yeah and I think that there's very few people that I've come across that feel better on higher fat than higher carbohydrate. Now, there are people who don't feel great on too much carbohydrates. Definitely, yeah. And that is under
1: the bus.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're not going to be, and you're hitting a protein target, you're not going to be overeating. I find a lot of the problems that people have um, now, I'm not talking about conditions or anything like that, you know, or intolerances or, you know, or allergies. But in general, anyone who's who complains about feeling particularly bloated after pasta, like even take myself, for example, like sometimes if I had a huge bowl of pasta, I could literally like balloon like I'm pregnant. I don't like, have any pain or anything. It could be a little gassy or whatever. Like, but I'm I just
1: like,
0: um, yeah. but It's not the actual pasta and it's more the amount of it that I'm eating.
1: Yeah, and that's what I find an awful lot of clients will say I feel bloated in the evening, and I'm like, you're full. Like after your dinner, that bloat is really fullness. It's not really bloat. Like people with like celiac disease and all that, and different intolerances, they experience bloat, and it's a different thing to actually just having a full belly after a meal.
0: Yeah, and I think when you're eating in a calorie deficit or even at maintenance but you're conscious of what you're eating whether you are counting calories or you're you know visually doing it or you're intuitive eating or whether you're doing hand portions whatever way you're you're looking at your your macronutrient balance i think when you're doing it mindfully and you're aware of it you're not when you're not overeating you don't really get that bloat in the same No, unless obviously it's an intolerance
1: definitely yeah
0: And that's the, and energy wise as well by just, and like, I think, and I would have been someone like this in the past that I just like at dinner time like it's where I came from a giant family full of like hungry boys that robbed my food. Like I don't even have brothers, but I would all, like I'd be dishing up dinner and I'd have to have like a mountain of dinner on my plate. But I think like I used to try and restrict myself all day. And then like, I'd have to have like a mountain of a dinner. And then I'd be so sluggish. I feel like shit afterwards. yeah Whereas like when you actually just, wait like you don't have to weigh and measure everything out but you have like a moderate amount of food eat slowly and mindfully stop when you're full and then be like I can always have more I'm a grown-up but wait hold on I'm full
1: now exactly yeah I think yeah when you put so much out in your plate as well and I have a thing about like wasting food I just don't like doing it but it does entice you to finish your plate and I know you're always encouraged as a child to finish your food as well and the poor kids in Africa which is true but us like finishing the food isn't really benefiting anyone if you're full. Exactly.
0: And it's such an Irish thing as well. I don't know if it, like there'll be, be listeners now from the UK and, and America and other places, but I'm, so I'm not sure about their culture, but it's such an Irish thing. Like, you know, Definitely. we don't waste food. And like, it like my mother is that way. I remember my Nana was that way. Like, you know, I literally used to have to hide food in my pockets in my Nana's house because like, it just wouldn't be worth having the fight over. Like, you know, yeah. um, yeah. it's, and it's such a mindset to try to try and break that it's not like you it's okay, put it in the compost bin. We have compost bins now, it's not waste anymore. It's being used for yeah. something else. Um don't eat just because you have like you have to finish. It's the same with like takeaways or going out for dinner. You don't have to finish it. Like go and enjoy your takeaway. Go and enjoy your dinner out. But if you're full, yeah. stop. Even if you want to get it yeah. dirt, that's fine. But if you're feeling full with your main course, stop and I know, it's like, oh but Jesus, it cost twenty euro. Yeah. It'll be gone exactly. in two minutes anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That I think just um it if you can make that mindset shift, it makes a huge difference. It makes it makes fat loss so much easier.
1: Yeah, even just trying to think like food will always be there. And I know that's easy to say when we have so much food available to us, but it is that thing of like trying to get yourself to just accept that you have another meal coming in a few hours. We're not going into hibernation or starvation if we don't fuel up now.
0: Yeah, and I think this is the difference as well, you know, to make sure whatever weight loss plan you're doing or fitness or health plan, whatever plan you're doing, make sure that it's not restrictive like don't take on something you're not going to keep up long term you know fat loss is long term and when you when you even when you reach your goal in order to maintain it you're gonna have to keep those habits in place so do it slow and steady put things in place like don't restrict
1: yeah yeah definitely That just just that mindset shift from like doing it for 16 weeks or 12 weeks or 10 weeks or eight weeks and getting this like transformation versus actually thinking long term can I keep going every single day for the rest of my life like this you might not be in a calorie deficit you might be back at maintenance but like still including them foods that you're going to enjoy now and in months years to come
0: yeah. And also I think, and cause I, I do want to get on and talk a little bit about your experience. Cause I know you kind of did extreme for a photo shoot. So I do want to talk about that, but like my, my own self personally, like I, I think sorry before my set my own self personally, I think it's really important to know when to stop. I think it's really important to know what's healthy and what your actual goals are. Like, you know, like for me, my goals are health. Like I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. I want to have loads of adventures. And I want to be able to enjoy every minute of them without pain, without, you know, yeah. Like I want to be well enough to like, you know, when my kids are grown up that I can go travel the world, (laughs) you know what I mean? I want to be able to enjoy it. Um, And that's a really big thing. And I want to be able to have loads of adventures with them between now and then, um, and So health is really important to me. So then sometimes, and we all do it, like we all get sucked into this social media or whether it's other people in the gym or other people around you or someone you see on the TV. You know, we're all, we do start to compare ourselves to others and we do, We everyone falls into, well, not speaking for everyone, but most people fall into that trap at some stage being like, oh, I wish I looked like that or I wish, um, but like I've actually come to the stage. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm at a healthy weight. I'm relatively strong. I'm relatively in good shape like I don't too. like you know as much as like yeah I'd love to be a little bit leaner or a little bit stronger I'm like but not at the cost of my health
1: definitely yeah
0: and not at the cost of my mental health or my like it took me a long time to get to the stage of confidence that I'm at now where I feel confident in my own skin where I'm happy with the per- like you know that I love the person that I am and yeah And I feel like I'm a good role model for my daughter as well, which I think is really important.
1: That is Um, huge that she's not seen diet culture and as skinny as you can be. That is a massive thing.
0: Exactly. And I think that I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put it like I don't want to reach a goal and then to have to feel shit about myself but not being able to maintain it and always be like oh back when I was really thin or back when I was really toned or what you know and then constantly comparing myself to that unrealistic goal that I reached once and like you know I'd, I'd much rather it be long term and I'd much rather my clients aim for that too um but talk to me a little bit about because you do have experience in this don't you so I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
1: I do. So basically, I was consistently in the gym myself for a few months. And then I randomly went to this retreat and it was like, um, like yoga and like, kind of like a, it was a psychotherapist that was running it. And like, we all just talked and I met so many like minded people and it was such a good experience. But I met a girl and she had done a photo shoot and she was a PT as well. And I was like oh I was really intrigued like and the more she told me about it the more I was like oh who was your coach or whatever and she told me the coach she had for her photo shoot and then she told me another coach she just started with and she recommended the one she just started with that he had loads of different transformations and and that like he was just really strict and really good. So when I came home from the retreat I was like oh I'd love to do this photo shoot. Now I did think about it I didn't just rush into it but at the same time I kind of knew I was doing it. So I went on a call like a what you call them like consultation call and I talked through it and I was saying that like before I had struggled with like I'd never say I had an eating disorder but I would say like disordered eating and I do think there's a difference so like people with um like anorexia and bulimia like you have an eating disorder and like whereas I feel like at times, I kind of like binge eat and I'd restrict and binge eat, but I don't know if I would have like diagnosed it. I never was diagnosed or anything, but I did explain that and he was like, no, that's fine or whatever. So we went, I went ahead with it and I did a seven week bulk first or like a improvement phase. So where I ate in a calorie surplus and put on a bit of muscle. And then I think that was actually the most beneficial part of it all, where I learned that like you could go up to like, I don't know, like up to 3000 calories or near enough for seven weeks. And at the time I would never have dreamt doing that, but I had full faith in him. So like, I just did it straight away. And before that I was probably only on like, I don't know, 17, 16, 1500 calories, which I would have given myself. It wasn't someone who gave me that. And so then... I had a 16-week um prep then, so I was obviously in a calorie deficit, and, like, it started off on high enough calories, but, like, near the end, like, week 13, 14, 15, 16, I was on really low calories. How low? Um, probably 1,200 at times, 1,100. Never, I was lucky, never below, like, a 1,000 or anything like that, but I had high cardio, so I was doing, like, 55 minutes in the cross-turner trainer day, and then that wasn't including my steps, so, like, I was doing, like, 50. 15,000 steps as well, and then training four times a week. And um, it wouldn't be me if I didn't take on the world, but I was also like doing that master's, like my fifth year of teaching, and I'm like, working in a school as well, and working in a gym. So I had like an awful lot on my plate. So, like, my stress was really high. And I think I did, like, I was anxious looking back. and Now I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad, but like at the time it was tough. Now, like there was loads of negatives to it. So like, obviously getting that lean is great and it's great for a picture, but, but at the same time, like you're constantly hungry. Like I did feel like so small, like, yeah, it was great being lean, but like, you're so small, you're cold all the time, <laughs> then hungry, hangry, like and you're emotional wreck all the time. Um, But like, I will say there was loads of positives for me as well. So like, I did learn about like setting a long-term goal and like bringing it back into small steps and getting to that goal. And like, I know a lot of people with photo shoots, like I've listened to different podcasts and different people's experiences and they would have found that like on the day they felt disgusting. Whereas I will say I was full of confidence on that day and like, it was a really good day and I will remember it. But at the same time, like I was lucky in the sense I always knew it wasn't maintainable. Like I won't say I didn't try for a month or two to maintain it, but I always knew that like it was never going to be a long-term thing. And do you miss that
0: now? Do you miss, like, do you miss being that lean?
1: No so I'm lucky that like one night I went out and maybe a month or two afterwards and I was wearing some dress that was like halter neck and like you could see my shoulders and like how like bony I was not even I wouldn't even call it muscly it was bony and I got anytime I ever think oh I wish I was leaner I always think back to that and I'm like how did you feel then I did not feel better than I do now. With normal body fat, or even when I was maybe a bit heavier than this, I didn't feel better that night when I was out. Like you're just cold, you have no energy. can't like the food focus is crazy. Like that's all you think about is food and like when's your next meal. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? But like, how how was your energy? I had none. Like I got through my day and I did my fifteen thousand steps and I. the car do every single morning but like i it was never maintainable like you couldn't keep going on them energy levels did you feel lightheaded at any stage no i was lucky in that sense that i didn't but
0: probably your age as well probably would would help with that
1: yeah Um, i'd say so
0: in relation to this you think it was an all right like yeah you had negatives you know that like the ones you've, you've listed but in general it was a positive experience to realize that you
1: could do something you set your mind to. Definitely. Like I will say, it did teach me commitment, like discipline, and then like just being consistent. Like I hit my exact calorie target every day. I got my steps, did not matter if it was 12 o'clock at night, I would go out and finish them steps no matter what. Now, is that long-term, is that good for you? No, but just that at the time, it does show that if you show up every day, you can achieve, Anton, like the day that I signed up to that photo shoot, I never thought I'd actually do one but yeah. just even having a coach and having that accountability and support like it showed me the importance of having a support network and then I suppose as well it would have taught me boundaries so like I was very bad for years if someone wanted to go out I'd be like yeah no problem and I was always that person that if you wanted a last minute night out I'd say yes yeah um, it really taught me that like you have to make sacrifices to make change now do you need to make that many sacrifices no But at the same time, like you do need to make small sacrifices in order to see change.
0: Yeah. So you were able to learn to prioritize you. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, and also I find it really interesting that you say as well that you didn't feel any better about yourself at a smaller size than what you do now at a healthy size.
1: Definitely. Like I will say I'd always heard that from different people I follow on Instagram, like Amelia Thompson and all them, that I was like, and like different courses I'd done. I did an eating psychology course maybe two years ago. And it was always a case of like, you won't get into that goal weight isn't when you're not going to be any happier. So I was aware in the back of my mind that that was the case, but I did like proving it at the same time. So like the day of the photo shoot I did feel amazing but that was the tan it was the makeup it was the hair the it was the nice new outfits the runners the posing and like I suppose you were at the center of attention for an hour or two because you were getting your photo taken and like you signed up for your photo shoot but after that like your everyday life it doesn't make any difference and especially in Ireland I was like what's the point of being this lean you don't wear like summery clothes every day to be showing this off like
0: and I think you probably as well very much pr- um, prove to yourself how much of a healthy mindset you have and how strong you are in yourself. That because, like you know, not everyone um, that I've spoken to who've either done a bodybuilding show or a photo shoot have had as positive an experience. You know, and a lot of people have been left with, you know, self-esteem issues with body image, body dysmorphia, um, and just in general, never f- like feeling small enough again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I like, there is times when I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, have I put on, am I like, have I more fat here? Have I whatever? And then I'm like, no, no, I just literally bring myself back. And I'm like, no, you're a healthy body weight. You can't stay that lean. But it like, it does pop into my head every so often. And I remember one of my clients asked me and another friend asked me before, and I told them exactly what I'm telling you. Like, I was like, no, I was no happier back then. And like, I don't miss it at all. And another thing i find interesting and i have no
0: idea who your coach is and i don't want to know um but i find it interesting that a coach would take you on for a for something like that with your after you revealing that uh, that you had exper- had experience with um disordered eating
1: yeah now i will say like it, the coach i had like i had full support from him so yeah I never felt like that I had tendencies to go back there, even, like, after my photo shoot. I remember my photographer, like, Stephen Black, he does a lot of them, he was saying to me, oh, there's a garage down the road, there's jam bonds and all that. And, like, I had my oats in the car ready to eat. And, like, I slowly got back into, like, I didn't eat out for them full 16 weeks or anything like that. Like, I made everything myself. Um, But, like, even after the photo shoot, I didn't feel this need to bring in, like, brownies and bring in chocolate bars because I feel like, I didn't have like, I he did give me a meal plan if I wanted to follow, but like I tracked my own calories. I used my fitness pal and like I never actually removed any food, like even bread. I ate bread up to the last day, albeit like a half slim bagel at, in a meal or like crumbs. <laughs> literally, I'm pretty sure I got to like five grams of Biscoff in my oats. But like, I still had all them foods. And I think that's what made the difference where some people would remove everything and just live off broccoli and rice and not even rice probably at that stage. And I suppose in
0: in your coach's defense, you were going to go to someone else if if he wasn't going to take you on anyway. Um, And if you felt that you were well looked after and, you know, that your mindset was kept right, which it sounds like it was then.
1: I think it was that seven weeks first of like the bulking and going up to the 3,000 calories. I think that's what gave me that mindset because I was able to eat so much food and I knew that was a possibility after
0: yeah I did that bulking phase before as well and then I did not enjoy having to cut afterwards so I cut for a certain (laughs) amount of time and then I was like nah do you know what I don't want to do this I, I like
1: eating 2000 to 2000 500 calories a day I- yeah. I've been the same to be honest I haven't done any bulking phase since or anything like that I just kind of I actually finished with the coach after that full shoot straight after and I know they don't recommend it but I just kind of knew myself what I wanted to do so yeah I just slowly increased food and yeah th- there was a time then I didn't track for maybe six months and I probably was a little bit put on a bit more body fat than I am now but like I went back tracking after a few months once I had like less food focus
0: yeah, no, I, and I think that's probably a really healthy way to do it. And it's funny, this whole like, this whole bulking and cutting thing, like, you know, it was only when I started working in a bodybuilding gym and being and training in a bodybuilding gym that I really kind of got exposed to all of this. I was like, what? Like, people like, you know, purposely like eat loads of food and then like purposely restrict loads of food to, you know, so they're building the muscle and they're like, I just, it, this was all foreign to me. I like, I much prefer and I feel better to build muscle at maintenance I'd much prefer body recomposition like I just like we're slightly above maintenance like you know when I say maintenance I wouldn't necessarily even be tracking like at the minute I'm not tracking I'm like I, I, I want to get a bit stronger want to lose a bit of body fat but like I'm just gonna eat at maintenance keep an eye on my body composition and yeah see how I go and then I, I might and like that's the great thing about when you're at maintenance and you can be like, oh no, do you know what? I think there's a bit of body fat cra- uh, creeping on here. I'm getting a bit too kind to myself. I'll track for the next four weeks, weeks or whatever, um, lose a bit of body fat and then get back to maintenance because most of us eat the same kind of things for breakfast and lunch and, um, when and snacks when we're in our, our daily routines, and like, like in recent years, I don't tend to particularly gain weight. I just kind of maintain. I I maintain easily because yeah. of my um my healthy. Daily habits. And even like at the weekends, if I end up, you know, um eating way more calories, it all kind of balances out. And I kind of think that's how I like to get stronger. I yeah. didn't enjoy, like, sorry, I did enjoy the bulk. Well, I did for a while. Like, I was 2,600, 2,700. I enjoyed that. Then he put me up to 3,000. And um I felt it's that amazing. hard. I, I felt a bit like a really wet, heavy sandbag, but didn't yeah. look heavy. Like, I didn't feel fat but I
1: felt ugh, like, like, ugh, a bunch of she, of food. Yeah, because I actually had this conversation in a check-in with my client today and she's doing like, I call it an improvement phase because she's not doing a bulk. She hasn't put on any, like even scale weight is the same, but she's putting on like, she's eating 2,700 calories we have her up to and she's maintaining her weight at that. Um, but I'm trying to think now I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, yeah so she was saying that she felt really full in the evenings and she goes I don't feel fat either but she was feeling really full and she goes when I say to people like I'm eating this much food they're like oh my god how are you eating that much food and I was saying to her you're eating a high volume of food but like other people are eating double the calories you're eating maybe not on a daily basis but very often like I was saying to her like if you went into a deli and got a breakfast roll with sauce like I see loads of men in the spare beside me and they're getting like two two or three rashers sausages eggs hash browns and they're all covered in oil i I'm like, they're probably eating well, half your calories anyway in one meal, but you're eating such healthy, whole foods that, like, you have a high volume of food at the end of the day, but like, not necessarily you're not eating mental amounts of calories. And it's
0: interesting that you say that about your client as well, maintaining at that, uh, that weight, because I was the same. It was only when I went up. T- to 3000 that I started to gain a little bit of weight but even at that not that much really like yeah. I maintain at about 2800 so like this is why I don't track because I'm like I don't eat 2800 every day whereas yeah. I probably I could eat more than 2800 at the weekend and it balances out so that's and I just think it's really important for women to know that that we can eat more than we think especially if we are training if we're like if we're when I say resistance training we don't need to be lifting really heavy barbells if if, you know you're new to it Mm. any type of resistance training and eating well to fuel your body like and it really is about quality of food Um, I'm conscious of time and I really want to ask you about um your experience with binge eating
1: okay so basically like it kind of started as like as a teenager always wanted to be smaller and then just really restrict to myself. But it ended up that like, I'd restrict myself maybe like Monday to Wednesday, I'd love to say Monday to Friday, but I probably wouldn't even make it to Friday. I'd be on this diet. And then from like, whatever, Thursday, the second I'd have a bad food in my eyes. So like, I would have labeled foods good and bad. And like, if it wasn't a good food, so like in my eyes, I actually did slim world for a few weeks, unfortunately. And um like that whole free food like pasta was free food so I thought I could have as much pasta as I wanted and as much like I used to I think bacon medallions or turkey rashes at the time but like I didn't eat veg or anything like that because they were calories and I was like I'm not putting them in because they have more calories in them like I'm not adding foods I don't like into my food if like that's just going to add calories um so like as long as I was eating my good foods I thought I was being healthy and then the second I'd have like chocolate or whatever it was a scone I'm a I have a weakness for scones or anything like that I'd be like oh I'm I'm off track I'll start again on Monday and it would be this I won't say like it was massive binges but I was really overeating like I'd be eating and I wouldn't be hungry and then I started working in a restaurant in college and like during the week in college we had like nine to five Monday to Friday I would try to be as healthy as I could and then come the weekend like there'd be so much food around me that once I'd start picking at something I'd be constantly picking for the day so like I can't describe it exactly as binging but it was definitely overeating a lot
0: yeah and what i find really interesting because i spoke to another girl there um a few weeks ago um oh, jenny percy you probably know jenny do you um, i've heard
1: her name
0: jenny but you know i was talking to her about you know now she, hers wasn't disordered eating she had an eating disorder but she's a similar age to you and i just find it really interesting um you know this need to be small that young girls are getting not and at such a young age. I think Jenny said she would like the podcast has already been released, so if people could listen back, um, but I think she said eight or nine. Like, scary young. When did you start becoming aware of your body and its size and your body image in general?
1: Definitely. I remember even just a photo back when I was playing GA, and I remember it looking at my size, and I didn't think I was fat ranting back then, and maybe I was ten, but I know my first time downloading my fitness pal was April 20 2011 or 12 something like that I was only 12 or 13 and like I remember I was 52 kg I was something tiny I was only like whatever eight stone and I thought I was fat back then and like that's what led me to actually put on weight it was this trying to lose weight that I didn't need to lose at all and I was playing so much sport and stuff as well if I just knew that I could have fueled my body instead of restricting and then once I got to like leaving search you were doing less activity because you had more study to do and you had less time to exercise and I wouldn't have been playing as much sport in school that's when this restriction and then like overeating was a problem
0: and would like what was there pressure like like being a girl in sport I'm asking because like I didn't play sport as a kid so did you feel like, the, were there body image um, pressures within sport?
1: Not really, I don't think, but it was more like even the pictures after I'd be looking at myself and be like, oh, like she looks, there's a comparison already. And I suppose in school, it would have been the same. You compare yourself to others or I feel like diet culture was a thing in school as well when I was in secondary school. Like I remember some of us tried like an egg diet before and it was like, or grapefruit and one boiled egg in the morning and there was a set thing anyway and we didn't last one day I'd say we ended up going to the shop and getting food but and even like I remember in canteens it was trying I was always trying to pick healthier foods like you had so much crap available to you and it was cheaper than obviously like the healthy food that it was a thing of like, I was always trying to go for the healthier options, but I didn't realize like, anything about calories ran It was more good foods, bad foods, eat as much good food as you want and you're fine, which wasn't the case. Like I was probably having four or five times. Okay, maybe not, maybe three times the portion of pasta I'd have now, but not realizing.
0: Yeah. That's funny. Like, I don't remember like, maybe I'm just so old. I don't remember, but I'm like, I don't remember being particularly aware of my body image. Like, like until I was 16 maybe no I sorry that's a lie I used to do, I used to do ballet and the ballet teacher used to make comment on how skinny I was now I was a skinny girl up until like I started like until I started developing a bit more kind of when I was like 15 16 no even 15 I was still very skinny but um like, my ballet teacher like asked my friend if I was eating enough and was I anorexic? Like, my, I remember my mum and my nana being so mad, like, and going and giving out to the ballet teacher at the time. um, like, that was, but I remember being so shocked that someone would comment or people used to comment on how skinny I was. So that was kind of, and I remember being young and being like, like, why? Like it wouldn't be acceptable if I was um, commenting on someone being overweight. Why are people commenting on my weight? you know i i and i would've been a kid that very much like liked to didn't want to stand out you know and um,
1: yeah
0: but like you know the and these would have been other girls or like grown ups you know it, yeah. and i was i was a healthy kid i had a really high metabolism at the time apparently like um yeah. But I, I'm just because like your growing up would be different to mine because I didn't have social media and um, talk to me about social media in relation to this, because I've had kind of, you know, I talked to Jenny a bit about this and I talked to yeah. Troy a, a good bit about this when I was talking to Troy as well. And I find it interesting talking to younger people um, about how that contributes to your your body image and your
1: just the other thing, I was always called big boned where you you were always called skinny. I was called big boned in like my house I was the bigger boned child and in general I was bigger boned and like there was kinda I'd always had a belief that like I had to be the bigger child because I was big boned when really that wasn't the case at all. Like Isn't it
0: amazing like how adults can put things on you like and like these are people you love that will just say something and they don't mean anything by it, but you build your whole identity around it.
1: Yeah. yeah oh, I just thought, oh, I had to be the big child. And like, it was an identity at that point. And I know loads of people who are like that. They're the bigger boned person. When really like, okay, bigger boned, yeah. But there's not that much difference in the bone size. Oh, bigger
0: boned, but, and such, again, another real Irish thing. is not boned. <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> the bones are bigger than anyone else's.
1: But the social media thing. So I am I feel like I am lucky in the sense that like, Instagram came around when I was 15. I don't know, was I 15? When you'd put like, random images on. Like a picture of your shoes. I, I know I had a Mac lipstick on my Instagram and then I suppose when I got to 18 19 I think it's only now in the last two or three years maybe four that it's more like influencers and like different photos popping up like like filtered and all that so I feel like I did skip that age in one sense and now I'm very conscious of who I follow so I just don't follow anyone who like i don't align with in general like if they have different values to me i just don't follow them
0: yeah i think you're amazing like i think you've got um, a mature attitude and outlook on life for how old are you 22 24 24 like you're 24 years old and to be able to to do that like because not a lot of 24 year olds would you know a lot of 24 year olds are still going to be comparing themselves to loads of people to be following lots of things that make them feel like shit online and yeah
1: I do feel like just the struggles I had as a teenager with all that that and then like doing the PT course and then even just education in general like the best thing I ever did was I got a coach first of all when I was in college before the full shoot and all that now I won't say it was a bad coaching but it was a meal plan and like I thought if I ate off that meal plan that that was it like all them foods were good so like I know one of the things was rice cakes and Nutella and I'd nearly have an extra spoon of Nutella instead of having a piece of fruit because that was on my meal plan, if that yeah. makes sense. I
0: remember that like when I was in, in my 20s, like and if I was on like some sort of restrictive diet or or I was counting calories and trying to hit 1200 calories or whatever a day. And I'd be like, I'm not going to have an apple. There's 80 calories in an apple. I could nearly have a Freddo bar for that. Like,
1: that, That's the thing. It promotes like just eating poor quality food. But then that coaching experience I had with the photo shoot was really good. I know there was so many negatives too, but at the same time there was so many positives and then just knowing like what calories are and the different macronutrients and that food freedom. I feel like struggling with it beforehand and now being educated around it. Like so many people are so much older when they actually realize that food is just calories and, and you don't want to just view it as macronutrients and calories because I know for me, like food is to have it with people to enjoy occasions, to make memories as well. But it is a case of like, it is a certain amount of energy. And if you can expel that energy, you'll balance it out.
0: Yeah. And you're going to feel your best as well. If you're putting Definitely. higher vibration foods into your body as well, you know, better quality foods. Um, One last question that I want to ask you before we finish up.
1: What does the word health mean to you? Okay. So for me, like health has like a few different pillars in it. Like I would say like mental health, your physical health, and maybe like your social or your emotional health. So like mental health, like I feel like people, you have to train your mind. It's not just a case of like your mental health. You're going to wake up every morning and feel like doing things. You kind of have to, for me, it's like having that discipline and like being consistent with things that do make me feel good so like every morning now I get up and have a cold shower and like sometimes it's the last thing I want to do and like at the start I did it because it was a whatever one of them I thought fads or whatever it was the a trend like but now I honestly like I just wake up and it's even just you just feel like you you achieve something in the morning and I feel like it's that mental like trying to work on your mental fitness and your mental health in general it does take work you just don't not everyone's gonna have positive mental health in the morning um or at, at all then like physical health i suppose showing up for yourself doing some form of exercise it doesn't have to be resistance training it doesn't have to be formal anything it can just be a team sport it can be going out for a run going out for a walk but just focusing on what makes you feel good long term and that like delayed gratification and not instantly looking for quick fixes like caffeine and sugar and all of them different things. And then I suppose for me with that photo shoot, I would have isolated myself a small bit in terms of like saying no to different events. Now I did go to different events and I didn't drink and I enjoyed the night. Some of my, actually one of my best nights out was a night I didn't have drink any alcohol and I didn't eat the finger food that was there because I couldn't. I had my meal and I went home and it was one of the best nights I've ever had. Like everyone thought I was drinking. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Um. But... Um, yeah I think it's like having all them pillars in line and even like emotions like identifying when you feel lonely or when you feel sad or you're bored and not just reaching for food because emotional eating would have been something I did when I would have said I was binging or like overeating it would have been emotional eating versus like just thinking before you eat and like eating regular at regular times and things like that yeah
0: and that emotional intelligence um that's a really, really good answer Um, because I think that's something a lot of us are lacking is the emotional intelligence. And uh, I think then your mental health needs training. Like you're like pe- people think some people think that some people have stronger mental health than others, whereas like I kind of feel like you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone and exercise your mental health so that. Like this probably sounds really morbid, but like so that you can give yourself the best chance to deal with the really horrible situations that are going to happen in life. You know, you have to, give your, your, you know, if you never make things slightly difficult for yourself and something actually difficult happens, like you don't know how you're going to react. I know you don't know how you're going to react anyway, but I, I like to think that by challenging yourself a little bit, whether that is a cold shower or the discipline of showing up for the gym for yourself, whatever it is, is important
1: definitely yeah and i think the more you give yourself like proof and evidence of that the more you believe in yourself and you identify with them different behaviors that like the more you go to the gym it is that thing of like i think it's james uh clear he always says like the goal isn't to run five kilometers it's to be a runner so like if you keep showing up for yourself and you do 500 meters you're still a runner you're running
0: yeah actually i, so, I saw yeah i saw a video on probably on TikTok uh, and it was Beyonce saying this, you know, she was talking about talking to working towards her goal, your goals. And like, you know, don't be shouting from the rooft- rooftops, try and, you know, just put your head down. And like one sentence that really stood out to me that she said, she was be about it. And I just thought that was so good. Be about it. Like yeah, talk about it. Just fucking do it. Like just I just do
1: it. So yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, she says it way cooler. And than Like sometimes you-, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you can spend so long making excuses that you'd have the thing done that you're making excuses about
0: yeah yeah definitely um lisa thanks so much for coming on thank you no i really enjoyed this conversation and you really do have such um a wonderful outlook on things you know and just keep doing what you're doing
1: thank you it was a pleasure bye